0: Hi, I'm Megan Gilgert, and welcome to the Fresh Exchange Podcast. Welcome, my friends. This whole month, we are going to tackle an idea. I know you guys are itching to get in your garden. You probably are getting in your garden, which is awesome. But instead of solving all your garden problems this month, we're going to talk about something a little bit different. So it's still garden related, don't you worry. As you could see in the title, we are going to be talking about local eating all this month. Local eating also can be termed, I guess, seasonal eating. They kind of go hand in hand because we can't eat local without eating seasonally. And we can't eat seasonally without eating locally. Well, we could, but for the most part, you get the idea. Local eating is huge. And when we're talking about local eating, we many times think of a lot of ideas. I have talked about local eating for a long time. I've been curious about local eating for a long time. Living in Northern Michigan, I have learned so much about the seasonality of foods and our access to them and what it means when we eat out of season. How does it impact the environment in a larger way? And We've talked some about this in the podcast in the past, and I'm going to link to past episodes. I've had some really awesome guests that have talked about this with us, but this whole month, I'm going to be talking about this because... Right now, I am sure you're seeing so many things. I mean, we've spent the last two plus years in a pandemic that has challenged our food system. It has shown the very weakness of these things. And we can approach it in two ways. We can approach, just like anything, we can approach it with fear, or we can approach it with the opportunity to adapt, to change, to ask, how can we think different? I choose the latter. I'm not someone who fears these things. Instead, I'm looking at it and saying, I think there's a change that needs to be made and everything seems to be yelling that that needs to be changed. It, it, and we can approach that change in different ways, but I'm not going to approach it with fear because I know that there's an answer to this that may be right under, right down the street, and we may not even be paying attention yet. and or it can be happening right in our backyards. So next week, we're going to go into this concept of my whole spiel on why I don't believe in self-sufficiency and instead I believe in community sufficiency. We're going to dig into that. But today I'm going to intro some of this and talk about a couple of books that I recommend if you're interested in this and you want to start digging into it. I highly suggest them, not just because I think that this is a big thing, but I think our food system and how we choose to purchase food and how there's inequity in it in so many ways, Um, it can go so deep. But I think that there is something in these books that challenges what we know, not just in our food system, but in our own culture. And I think that is huge. I think that is massive because when we th- rethink how we want to eat, we can rethink how we want to live because they're one and the same. We are interconnected by the foods we eat, right? And by me choosing to purchase strawberries in January means that somebody in California harvested them at probably a... They very tender point, and they probably were paid little to nothing in very poor conditions. And then just for me to pay $6 to purchase them in a plastic container and the amount of oil that it took to transport those from California to Northern Michigan. You know what I mean? If we break down the system, if we break it all apart, we start seeing these very, I guess, big challenges that can be eliminated when we rethink things. But I want to talk about first, because I always, we're going to go into the books here in just a second, but the main thing that we're going to talk about after I talk about the books is that we're going to discuss how to actually do this the easiest way and how to understand seasonality. Because I think so many people don't even know how to even go about this. And I've talked some about it, but, and like I said, I'll link to those. But today I want to just give you some really quick ways to get started because these things don't, I I have played with this for probably almost a decade and I have been gone up and down and all over the place in my exploration of it. I've had, I don't look at it as like, it's a 100% thing. We still live in a modern society. We still live, we're still parents that have challenges that have been through a lot in the last two years. And there are times where we've had to make sacrifices in like how we perceive these things because of time or income or whatever it may be. But I think that there are ways that we can learn out of this and we can always be looking to kind of, I don't know, just explore new ideas and become comfortable with them So I want to just make it approachable, something to think about because right now, whether you're growing a garden, whether you're thinking about the farmer's market, whatever it is, these things are happening right now. And I want to talk about it. I want to help you get into a routine because eating local and seasonal food, it's it's mind-blowingly different than when we just go to our big box grocery store. And I can almost bet you it will end up being cheaper in the long run. So but let's we're going to talk about all of this over the course of the month. First of all though, I'm going to talk to you about a couple books. Um the books that I recommend are the first one is if you don't know who Alice Waters is, she's basically the mother of farm to table eating, which farm to table eating has, you know, some connotations in our culture that I think are really sad because the concept of farm to table is not new. It is something that is not elitist, it is not this in fact it's very goes back to what america and europe and every single culture was based on that we eat straight out of what is fresh and local and we put it on our plate and it became something that it was never intended to be and which is too bad so i want you to rethink that take away all of that and i want you to pick up this book from her because it's short it's easy And it is called, We Are What We Eat. And it's a slow food manifesto. And this concept of seasonal eating is a slow food concept. And this is one that I just finished reading. It's a brand new book that she put out and she wrote it during the pandemic. And it's short, it's quick, but it's really awesome because it goes through what the difference is of fast food culture and slow food culture. And these cultural ideas aren't just related to food. They're also in how we perceive life. And it really set me back and challenged me because I realized how many of these things I fall into in the fast food and how much I desire the slow food. And how, in my weak moments, I can revert back to that. And in my best moments, I'm on, in the place, like, I feel myself the deepest, most <laughs> relaxed version of myself in the slow food concept, but in my worst moments, I find myself in the fast food culture. And I think to me, that was a challenge. That was something to look at in a really deep way. And so I highly suggest this book, even just that concept alone is worth reading. And I received the book from um, the owners of seven Sundays. They sent it along to me and I couldn't thank them enough because it's so good. And we had seven Sundays on the podcast and they're just an amazing group of people. When it comes to seasonality, Alice Waters in her slow food like section describes seasonality as one of the core values of the Slow Food Manifesto or the slow food culture. And she describes it as seasonality means eating and living in rhythm with the changing seasons. We are all aware of the seasons and their impact on our daily lives. But not many people understand what the seasons mean for our food supply. When we eat foods that are in season, we are connected with the local cycles of germination, growth, fruiting, death, decay, dormancy, and regeneration. Understanding the seasons teaches us patience and discernment and helps us determine where we are in time and space and how we can live in harmony with nature. And I love that. Towards the end of that chapter, she also says, "Seasonality helps guides us and propels us to embrace change rather than dread it. When you accept the seasons, you feel the ephemeral nature of each moment and understand how fleeting and precious life is." I think that that really sums it up. I think it sums up how we can perceive local eating too, and how it can deeply affect us and connect us. And we'll get into that more next week. But I. I love this book. It is now one of my top 10 favorite books. And so it bumped some other ones out, but it is a read I highly stress. Now, the other one is Animal Vegetable Miracle by Barbara Kingsolver. It is actually the book that we're reading in our online community right now. And everybody's geeking out about it, loving it, or they're reading it for their third time and loving it all over again. It is a beautiful story, By that is very different for Barbara. She has written so much fiction. This is a nonfiction piece that she wrote in collaboration with her husband and her daughters, and it has recipes and it goes month to month through an entire year where they focused on eating within 100 miles of their home, and it is a fascinating take on eating this way and the stories that come up from it and what they learn and the challenges that they face. And it isn't about, once again, it's not about self-sufficiency, it's about community sufficiency and how she does this. It's amazing. Absolutely a powerful read. It was written in 2007 and the fact it is still so relevant says something deeply both discouraging and enlightening about our current food culture and landscape of how we can rethink this and how we still have to face this and we're still seeing these challenges And it may be the thing that could unlock a lot of stuff. Bless her for writing that in 2007 and dealing with all of us as we catch up to her beautiful ideas because it is awesome. And if there's a book that changed what I do and what I talk about and made me feel like these things that have been on my heart to like bring them out in a bigger way and to take risks in terms of that, it has been this book. And I have read it now. I'm on my fourth time. It is such a gift. So please go find these books. Go to your local library, look on thrift books, or get a used copy somewhere. Read it, mark it up, love them because they are really important books. And both of them are very enjoyable to read. So I highly suggest. That said, understanding this, you're going through these books, and they go through some of this, but some of the some of the ways I want to go through today about eating seasonally, you know, a lot of people ask me, like, I want to get my kids into eating seasonally and I want to help them understand these things. The good news is the best way to do that is a garden. Literally. The garden is such a beautiful thing because it connects us into the ground. It connects us to how seeds grow, the weather that is outside, and how it impacts how something grows, how the sun moves, how it doesn't move at, into certain places, and how that affects plants. It can be very, very challenging too, but I believe in doing starting small, starting simple, and getting your kids involved if you have children, and if you don't, doing it in a community garden, doing it, um, doing it in ways that just bring you joy and comfort, and making it relaxing. But I promise you, as you go through the process, you're going to start realizing, like, oh, lettuce doesn't grow really well in the heat of summer unless it's a certain variety. So the fact that I can get greens. From the store, how are those being grown? You start asking a lot of questions because it, when you start noticing these things, I think the garden is the secret to teaching kids, particularly about seasonality. The other big piece, which takes the weight off your shoulders and maybe puts is great for people who are super busy or and they have busy jobs, but also, you know, they have weekends off or, you know, things like that is the farmer's market. The farmer's market is a powerful tool, and most communities now have one of some size. And I promise you, the best way to support your local economy is by supporting your local farmers. Support them, support them, support them. But no matter what, the thing you will take away is if you just make a routine of, even if it's every two weeks or once a month, going to the farmer's market, go in the morning, go rain or shine. Don't let the rain keep you away because it doesn't keep the farmers away. Go give them your money and eat their delicious food. What I learned as in my time when I was coming back here and realizing like for me, I got really deep into seasonal eating because of the farmers. We were living at the end of a peninsula where all we could do was basically hit up local farms in order to eat fresh food because to get all the way into town, to get to a grocery store or the co-op or anything like that, it was 30 minutes each way. That's a lot of driving, especially when you have a six month old baby that doesn't like the car or being contained or anything like that. So I would stop at the local farm stands that were five minutes away from the house. And many times I would just get what they had. Sometimes it was just onions and some potatoes And some parsley. You can make a really great soup out of onions, potatoes, and parsley. (laughs) You can make a lot of great things. So it amazed me what I learned, though. I learned the seasonality of foods and how things move and the rhythm they have by watching what was available at the farm stands, at the farmer's market, any of this. And it really, really was incredible to me how. I thought that something was in season and I was sorely wrong. <laughs> so, but what it also made me do is pay attention to the way food works, I guess, like with, with farmers and like when they're planting things and all of that. It, it's it been mind opening to me. And because it's also taught me a lot as a gardener. Like if a farmer is not growing it or they're just pulling it out of their tunnels, then me seeding it and I don't have a tunnel, you know, there's a lot to learn. And because our farmers rely on their food being successful. So if there's anyone who knows what is in season, it's a farmer. So I love connecting with my local farms in this way. And when we talk about this, and like I said, we're going to dig into this more this month, but I really don't like a lot of people saying to me, you know, that's not financially accessible to me. I always challenge them to go and compare the prices because I don't believe that that's true. I think it is what we've been made to believe that food that comes from our grocery store is cheaper. And in some respects it may be, but at what expense does it come to the greater world? In that, and this is where I say, like that book, "We Are What We Eat," is extremely helpful because this is where it challenged me too. Is like, okay, this feels fast and easy in this moment, but what is the grander impact? And I have to think about this a lot. We all do. And I'm just saying that it's it's one of those things that I I always say I want you to try just choose one vegetable one vegetable that you buy a lot go to the store and buy the one that comes in the bag from california or chile or you know mexico maybe it's carrots for instance carrots would be great right now cuz i can tell you i can bite into a carrot that's from our local farms from their storage supply and the carrot that came from the bag that's you know organically grown from california There's a dramatic difference. In the bag of carrots, it's not significantly different in price, even from a local co-op and not directly from the farm. It's going to be just the same, if not cheaper, from the local farm. And I can tell you that I know their growing practices. I know how they pay their employees. I know how they treat the land. I know all these things. And it didn't travel across the country to get to me. So I always ask that and do, and if I don't see something that is locally or or local or in season at that moment, I ask myself instead, how can I utilize something else that is? And that's where it becomes really helpful to just kind of get curious, to kind of have fun with all this. So those are the two, easiest, most accessible ways. Now, if you want to dig into the research, there are some great online sites to help teach you what is in season in your area and to understand this and everything. One of them is, is like whatisinseason.com or something. Um, it's a great resource. I'll link to it in the show notes. And you can put in your state your or your zip code. They may have updated it. I haven't used it just recently, but it's really helpful. Also, if you have a local farmer's market um, group. Uh, We have one for the Michigan Farmers Market Association, and they always are giving, like if you sign up for their newsletters and things like that, they'll send you information about what is in season, what is local, uh, what it would be available right now. It's really awesome. And if you're really busy and you're like, I just need something to show up in my inbox and tell me what's in season. These are really great resources. So we can find things that are right in front of us. To learn these things. And I highly suggest doing that. Now, to actually make these things into food, that becomes a challenge too. And we will talk more about this about how seasonal eating lends to a little bit of like what they call ad hoc cooking, like the idea of being sort of like on the fly, straight from your things out of your pantry and what's on hand. Being able to be creative and cook that way, it's a lot of intuition. And some people can do it, some people can't. But there are also incredible cookbooks that help walk you through this process. Some of these are, which I tell people all the time, uh, Six Seasons by Joshua McFadden is absolutely incredible. It is a very, very good cookbook. And I love it. Love and Lemons. Uh, she has two cookbooks. One goes by Vegetables, and the other one is called Every Day. And those that bo- those two books are just super helpful. They're all veggie based and I love it. Love them. <clears throat> love them. The other one is Roughage by Abra Barons, And she also has one about grains that is very good. And I love how she talks about farms throughout the whole book. It's incredible. And then <clears throat> I'm trying to, there's other ones that are a little more fancy and high-end cooking, which I don't highly suggest because I think it has to be easily accessible to us in terms of flavors and time and all of that. But the other one that I love her cooking and it's a little more, what I love about it is straight of a farm. It's exactly how farmers cook. And it is from Andrea Bemis and it's called Local Dirt. Andrea is a farmer herself and she's a mom out in Portland. And she is very very good at showing how to cook these things because that's what she's eating that's what she's feeding her kids is stuff straight out of their own farm or from the farms in their proximity and she does a local eating she calls it local 30 where it's kind of like off the whole 30 idea and you eat locally for 30 days as a challenge she had a whole thing on it she is where her book local dirt came out of it's awesome. She's awesome to follow. So I'm going to link to all this in the show notes. I want to make this easy for you guys. And so I want this to be inspiring because I truly believe that one of the easiest ways that we can feel in control of what's happening in our climate, what's happening in our food supply chain issues, and we can remove that sort of fear is to find a way to feel in control of something ourselves to give ourselves tasks that we can do that feel feel like they make an impact and i will tell you there's nothing easier especially once you read these books you'll understand um <laughs> there's nothing more impactful than just eating like focusing even a few things a year on eating local and signing up for a CSA a community um I'm blanking on the words, but a CSA is from farms and what they, I have a whole episode about it. I will link to it. So, and it breaks down exactly what a CSA is. I have a blog post about it. I have everything. CSAs are super powerful. Community supported agriculture. There we go. There's the word. Um, and it's a concept that was original, originally created by Booker T. Watley. And he was a amazing man. He's, A black man from the south, and it was—he wrote a book, and it it basically was taught farmers how to make a hundred thousand from a twenty-five acre farm. And some of these ideas they came from Japan and Swiss and German farmers, and you know, there's all these different ideas, and he helped really make it a big deal in the United States. So it's a powerful tool to help farmers during a time where they don't have a lot of cash flow. Early in the season, you invest in the farm. You say, I'm going to commit to $500 with you or whatever it might be. And I'm going to receive you know, a number of boxes, these sort of vegetables and maybe eggs and bread or whatever that farm is offering or meat, different things. Every CSA is different. And then you receive it in the mail or at a pickup if somebody drops at your house or you go and pick it up or whatever it might be. A lot of farms have really cool opportunities to meet people. They can be a community way of connecting, especially I feel like some people are doing that now more than when we were you know, two years ago. But a CSA is how we got through the early part of the pandemic. And when we didn't want to be going to the grocery store, we didn't feel comfortable, we had a new baby. We utilized a local CSA and every single week it was the thing that we look forward to. We also, there's also CSA programs like we did a soup CSA uh, from a local uh, restaurant. They set it up, they're like a farm to table restaurant, and it was a soup CSA to take away because they couldn't do take away food as easily. Um, it was, or in person food, and it was a great way to support them. These sort of community programs are incredible ways to. Just support these, you know, places that are so vital to our communities. When we eat local, we're supporting a local community deeply. And because it, it, we just, uh, that money is circulating back in. So, anyways, the CSA is also, that's my last pitch for how to, you know, the easiest way to eat in season, because a CSA is. Basically, going to every day come to your house and show you, or not every day, every week, come to your house and show you exactly what is in season. Cause that's what they harvested probably the day before or two days before. And that's what you're going to eat that week. <laughs> and it's great when you think about, in some cases, they did the math and we were spending $25 a week on this box of fresh veggies every week, $25 of local veggies. And we many times couldn't even get through it as a family of four. Think about that. If I went to the grocery store and I tried to spend twenty five dollars on like regeneratively growing produce with those names on it, what would I have spent? A lot more than twenty five dollars. So it's a really big benefit to you as a home, but also to this local farm where I just invested five hundred dollars or six hundred dollars upfront. I committed to them, and for a subscription, and then they're going to give me this in return, and. It's going to support them at a very tender time for themselves because they're putting all the seed down. They're putting all this soil down and it's costing a lot of money. And, and I've worked on farms. I am very good friends with farmers and I can tell you there's a lot of money up front in farming. So in this time of year, so this is why we're talking about it. So if you're thinking about a CSA or you want to sign up for a CSA, Like I said, it's a great way to eat seasonally. Even if you're growing a garden, we do it sometimes even with our garden, especially when we only had our one garden. Now we have two other gardens. And for the most part, I just go to the farmer's market to fill in with things because many times farmers can get things a little sooner because they tunnel things. So it's like, oh man, summer squash would be great right now. Or my summer squash got completely demolished. So like last year, so I was buying all my summer squash from the farmer's market And that's what I put away too. And so there's so many benefits to having to thinking about this. And so we're going to talk about it more, but I am just really excited to get you guys into this, this month, because it is super important. And when we think about these things, and to me, you can make a really big impact really easily by just shifting some patterns. And when we realize what these patterns are doing and on a grander scale, we can look at things a little differently. And so I think that there's nothing better for the planet, for people, for communities, for ourselves than to eat local, whether it's from your garden, farmer's market, or a CSA, or somewhere in between. Because all those things affect our planet more than we even, and ourselves more than we even realize. So that's all I'm saying and i think it's going to be a great month to talk about this if you have specific questions or things that you feel challenged by let me know and if you start reading this book and you want to join the community you should do it because we're going to be talking about it and we have a specific event at the end of the season before we kick into summer where we're going to talk about this book and geek out about it the animal vegetable Mir- miracle book so i jump in let's talk about this we all talk about seasonal eating in the online community and we share recipes and help each other solve food problems. And I do a once a month cooking, live cooking class where I tackle specific vegetables or things that we might be doing. I also share videos about how to save things once we get into the season um, and things are coming in. So join the community. There's all sorts of varying prices. It really is a great way to support what we're doing here. So thanks as always. Until then, my friends, I'll see you out there.